Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. In this episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. Dennis Esteban. What's going on, bro? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Now, Dennis, he's, he's a really humble guy, but look, he is a movement maker, and he's even a big part of TLT's success, the TLT movement. He came up with our slogan. He's on our board, and we are so lucky to have him, and we'll get into the show right now. Anything challenging is going to be hard. So what? Hard could be the new fun. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Who's going to carry the boats? Endeavor to persevere. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature. I never look back distracts from the now. All right, first of all, first off, thank you for coming, man, for driving to our home. It's a beautiful house. Through the snow. Like, <laughs> you literally went over the river, through the woods. Just the to grandmother's house. Now I'm here. <laughs> this so, is, you know, yeah, it, man. Happy to see you, brother. Yeah, dude. It's so happy. I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. I'm so glad that we could make this happen because you are a very interesting young man and i say young because you are 24 years old 24, and you have man. already lived so much of a life now um we'll we'll get into your movements and your some some of your successes a little later on but i want to get into who dennis esteban is how did you become this man that you are today what did your childhood look like so i am a i am a husband i am a father of two I'm a girl dad, um, and I, I am a movement <laughs> that I, I I say a lot. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, my, my story starts off in Haiti. If you know anything about Haiti, it's it's a country that's known for, uh, you know, it's corruption, unfortunately, um, for, you know, things like earthquakes and the, the, some of the, the, the disasters um, that have happened. Um, in the past few years, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it was home, right? Uh, for me, you know, growing up, we were kind of privileged in the sense that my dad had a very good job, so we lived well. We had people taking care of us. We had drivers, all that, um, but that's where, where I'm from, and, um, you know, it's a, you know, it was a country where, you know, you were surrounded by family, um, and part of my story is, you know, we moved from Haiti to the United States. And I always say that, you know, the United States, although it did bring about many opportunities, it also brought about many challenges. And I'm just grateful that I've been able to overcome and grow through those through those challenges. Now, what kind of challenges could be here in the U.S. that Haiti didn't have? Right. I would say that, it, that it's the challenge of being different, mm. right? So... When you come to a country, you know, for for the longest time, like, all I saw were mostly black people. So then when you come to a country and most of the people don't look like you, you're like, where am I? You know, what is, what are they saying? Right. <laughs> right. You don't even speak <laughs> yeah. English. So right. when you don't speak the language, you know, it could be very difficult to assimilate. Right. And I, I, I remember like things like walking to the bus stop, practicing how to say things like, may I use the restroom? 
right? <laughs> Stuff like that, right? Because yeah. I'd be in class needing to pee and I wouldn't know how to say it, so I wouldn't <laughs> say anything, right? So that's, you know, some of the challenges. And again, it's like people judge what they don't know or what they're not familiar with, right? Um, but through that, um, you know, I think that's what kind of led me to become who I've become, right? I say it's the challenges, I say that, yes, life has kind of thrown me different things that I couldn't see coming in a uh, difficult situation, but it's kind of like playing, you know, uh, a game of cards, right? My family and I, one of the things that we commit to is like we're at the table every day, but we also commit to <laughs> playing Uno every single day. And the thing about Uno, sometimes, you know, you can't control the cards that you get. Sometimes you'll get cards thrown your way. Sometimes you have to pick up some cards. And but what I realize it's actually not about the cards that you get, but it's actually about how you use the cards. Mm. You can have a great hand and still lose the game, or you can have a very poor hand or have to pick up a lot of cards and still win the game. So again, it's not about the cards that you get. It's not about the challenges that you face. It's not about the situations that you you got yourself into. It's not about the mistakes that you know, you made that, you thought that mistake made you, right? But it's about what you do. So for me in my life, yes, I always had this understanding that I couldn't control the outcomes, but I could control my outlook. And I was not responsible for what other people thought about me. I was not responsible for what other people said to me. The only person I was responsible for was myself so when I faced this situation it was always like what am I going to do about this right and I still carry that same posture to this day but I think part of my story when you have when you've had to do that from such a young age right it kind of you grow up a little quicker sure right I was the kid that was telling other kids that Santa Claus is not real, right? <laughs> oh, you were that guy? <laughs> yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. Um, but yeah, man, it's like tough time can tough times can make some tough people. Oh, for sure. I think it's actually a very important and crucial ingredient into making somebody great mm-hmm. is the challenges and the struggles that they have to go through. To become that person. Oh, for sure. And like, just think about everybody that has ever done anything significant. Whether you go from Martin Luther King to Jesus, right? They all had to, (laughs) Jesus most of all, they all had to face some pretty hard things. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. (laughs) uh, They had to face some pretty hard things, but to do some pretty great things in the process. So it's like one of the things that you'll hear Dr. Andre always say is like, do hard things, you know? And when you do hard things, you'll be surprised with a lot. You'll be surprised with yourself, right? You'll be surprised with what you think, like what, what you can do. And now I kind of live in this place that like there's nothing I can't do, right? Mm. If I have this idea to go do a software or make an app or do this or do that, like this year I launched something called Canva for Churches, right? And um, it's basically a design library because pastors and church leaders, they have a hard time creating graphics. So I created this thing. I put hundreds of my own, gra- literally hundreds of my own graphics that I did by hand, and I put it on a platform. I made it for free. In less than a week, over a thousand people in twenty different countries. Wow, were using it right. So, and that's the thing. It's like so. Whatever season I'm in, I just try to find a way 
to add value. And I never stop adding value. So I get an idea, I'll execute on it or I'll try it. Immediately. Right? Yeah, immediately. Mm. And maybe I won't stick with it, right? And this is the thing too, is like I know that I'm young, right? I don't really ever think about my age, but I've kind of always kept this mindset. It's like, yo, okay, I'm 24. Who does Dennis want to become by the time he's 34? Mm. Right. So n now my season, even though I have my kids, my wife, this season is let me never stop learning. Some people stop learning as soon as they do the tassel turn. Right. Or mm. they put on the cap and gown or maybe they quit before that. Right. But for me, my my learning didn't stop at the diploma. Right. So that's what I, I would say to the people listening today is like educate yourself. Don't stop learning. So part of the reason why I've become who I've become is I've committed to progress every single day. Mm. Not perfection, progress. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the best looking, right? Well, but that's up for debate, Dennis. <laughs> my you're wife, my you're, wife you're a pretty say, handsome young man. <laughs> my wife would say the same thing. She can't keep her hands off. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know like I, I, but, I, but I'm not, right? Right. So, but what 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 I am is I'm committed to the process. I'm committed to never stop learning. I'm committed to growing. I'm committed to making a difference in every single area of my life, right? And then when you just commit to those small things today, those small things become big things mm. tomorrow. Yes, and I think a perfect example of this is you've had this mindset for quite a while now because when you were in high school, you actually started a club that had a nationwide impact where you started a club called weed dine together and this the whole idea of this club was if somebody was eating alone at lunch or was maybe new to the school you would have a whole club just based on going and being with those people and eating with them and becoming their friend and introducing them to the school so do you want to touch a little, 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 little yeah, bit the, on the, that yeah the, the idea behind that was this idea of the table Part of my upbringing or what I saw modeled for me was I would, con well, people, right, my mom my mom was a single mother um, for quite a while, and um, a lot of times it would, it would be other people or older mentors that were picking me up, taking me out to eat, bringing me over to their house, giving me um, perspective, right, or giving me insight into their life, mm -hmm. giving me uh, insight into into something different from what I was seeing or what I was familiar with. And one of the things that I realized was that the table was a common theme. They would always take me out to eat. Mm. So I've always tried to live a life where I build a table and I add chairs. And it's not necessarily a literal table, but it's like, what can you do to bring people together? So for the We Dine Together Club, it was food. Like, we literally all have to eat. Right. So when the club started, it was easy to grow it. We had some weeks where we had over 120 students in, total in, a, in a little tiny classroom. Wow. Right? And every single week, they would be coming back. And sometimes it was 70. Sometimes it was 60. Sometimes it was 80. But all I did is I had, I had pizza. And I said, hey, we have pizza slide. Right? So they came <laughs> for the pizza. They came to be filled, but they left being filled fulfilled wow <laughs> so you see what i'm saying so it's like when we when we created this the idea was like first let's bring people together 
because when I walk into the high school cafeteria, you can literally see how divided, how segregated, literally black kids on this side, white kids on this side, rich kids on Like you knew where everybody sat. Everybody was in their clique. Right. So that was the original idea. So we started this thing to bring people together. And then we started pulling from different social groups. But what happened is when we started pulling from different social groups, we realized that there was a whole entire group that didn't have a group. The outcasts. Exactly. So then we just started reaching out to these people. And before it was, and here's something I never say, before it was even a club, it's something that me and my friends did anyway. Mm. You know, like, so at my school, there was over 2,000 something kids eating lunch at the same time, right? So what we would do is we often would just walk around, talk to people, engage. Like, that was just kind of like our spirit, our posture. Sure. Right? So it was, it was something that was natural. It was, it was nothing that was forced, right? So that was the idea. And, but what it became, it's that for a new student coming to a new school, because it's something that everybody has had the fear of, being the new person, sure. right? So what would the world look like if you can go to a new school and you knew already that there was somebody waiting to meet you? Wow. Game changer. Totally. And then let's say if you're experiencing social challenges or difficulties or you didn't know where you were going to go for lunch or you don't have any friends and you were afraid of being by yourself, you knew there was a room that you can go to and you can either be a stranger in the back, right? Well, if I was in the room, you weren't going to be a stranger in the back because <laughs> I literally forced everybody to talk. We were sure. playing games. We were doing a bunch of crazy stuff. We were lit. But, <laughs> you know, but you knew there was a place, a safe haven. Right. So for the new student, it was a welcoming committee. For the person experiencing some challenges or social difficulties, it was a safe haven. And for the school, it was a catalyst for change. Mm. And what happened in one school in Boca Raton has spread not just in the U.S., in Canada, across the globe, in China. A lot of places have adopted it. And even from that, some people even started their own movements or started their own clubs. Um, But all, you know, through all that, like the best thing is the great stories that have come from it. I want to hear what fruit came from it. Like maybe a story that you experienced firsthand. Cause I can imagine this having an impact, but, but how, how big of an impact can this have on a kid? So, I mean, you know, there's a story of the person that walked into the, we dine together club, come back, comes back the following week and says that the week that they first came, that's the week that they were planning in their own life. Wow. Right. But they experienced a community and that, has happened multiple times, right? But one of the stories that I remember was like one of the first kids I ever sat with. You know, I, I walk up to him. I'm like, yo, man, what's good? What's up? This dude looks at me and he looks back down at his food. I'm like, what is this guy doing? I'm like, yo, man, what's up? What's good? He looks at me and he looks back down at his food. But in that moment, I did something that most people wouldn't do. I sat down anyway. Mm. And see what happens is when you take a seat, you're actually taking a stand for something. That's a wow. whole other conversation for later. But when I sat down with him, I kept coming back every single day of that week. And it got to that Thursday or Friday or something like that. And he said, why are you sitting with me? I said, dude, we're friends. And then in the middle of the courtyard, this dude starts crying. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on here? Right, I'm gonna start scooting over, make sure I'm not, <laughs> you know, charged for anything. But no, <laughs> in all seriousness, he's like, 
in three years of being in that school, you were the first person to ever sit with me. Wow. Three years of being in that school. I was the first person to ever sit with him. And that's not even the best part of the story. The best part of the story is then the next week, no, well, he comes to the club the next week. Then the following week after that, he brings two more people. Wow. And he says, I saw them in the courtyard and I invited them to come. See, that's the power of the table. That's the power of community. That's the power of cultivating connections with people. That's the power of being a movement that you don't have to necessarily think up like, oh, how am I going to make a difference? You just find unique ways to make a difference along the journey. Yes, like, in in your case, you played into a strength that you were already doing and you just scaled that. So you were, you were already mm-hmm. naturally going to people sat at lunch and you thought, hey, like, like we could probably expand this. And now yeah. it's in all these different countries, all these schools, so awesome. And uh, to my understanding... You have been building movements kind of everywhere you go. Like, mm-hmm. like you've been helping with the TLT movement over the years. You've come up with a lot of our slogans and all this. How how does a listener viewing this right now? How would they start a movement? I mean, how would they? What even is a movement? So when I started writing my book, I started writing it from this topic of. From move to movement. You know, part of my story is I moved from the United States to Haiti. I was a kid that couldn't speak the language. Now I've spoken all over the country. You mean from Haiti to the... From Haiti to the United States, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I went from move to movement. If you want to see a movement take place in your life, you first have to move. Mm. You know, life requires movement. Everything in the planet right now is in constant movement. The earth is in constant rotation. Water, when it freezes, the water underneath it is still moving. And in the Bible, we, we know that the earth was without form and void, but the Spirit of God was moving mm. over the water. So m- movement requires, well, to, be a, to see a movement take place in your life, you have to be willing to move. Mm. You have to be willing to move out. You have to be willing to move up. You have to be willing to move forward. And you have to be willing to move on. So mm. move out means what? Wow. That's some bars <laughs> right there, man. That's good. <laughs> so move out, right? Move out means moving out of your comfort zone. Mm. Right? That's something that no matter what stage in your life, you're going to have to do it. Right? So for me, or for in the We Dine Together Club, one of the things that I learned is we had to have the we, we had to have the courage to move, right? We had to have the courage to care for people enough mm. for us to step out of our comfort zone and even risk the possible, well, create the possibility of being rejected. Because when we go up to someone and say, hey, can I sit with you? Like, no, get away from me. Sure. You know, it's going to happen. But you have to have the courage to care enough, right? So we moved out, Right. Or for me, like, I had to move out of my comfort zone and start speaking. I wasn't a speaker. I didn't have intentions about being a speaker. But I was literally just trying to figure out, like, how can I help these kids every single week? Mm. And I, So I would write these little messages. I would play a little video and give them a point. I would try to think of some examples. Like, the very first message that I said, like, I, the very first real speech I gave, I said, we're all going to die. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how you started it or what? Basically. Oh, my And goodness. I said, when you're on your deathbed, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to take your phone out and take a, a picture for Snapchat, right? Mm. <laughs> That's what we probably said. You're not going to take a Snapchat, you know, when you're on your deathbed, but you're going to think about the relationships. That you have. And that's how I opened it up. Mm. So th that's the first thing is getting out of your comfort zone, moving out of your comfort zone. Or maybe you're in college, right? Maybe the step is moving out of your parents' home. Sure. Right? So mo just move out, right? Get out of your comfort zone. Then next thing is move up, Right? Pick something that you're passionate about. Get a skill and start moving up. Move move up in knowledge. We live in the information age where everything, everything is accessible. Is yes. Yeah, exactly. And free. For, exactly. So move up, right? Like you don't have to stay where you, you started and you don't have to stop where you are. So yes, move out. But you should be moving up. One of the best ways any person can move up, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I don't know what I want to do yet. Well, here's what I would tell you. Elevate your thinking, right? Yeah. Because here's what happens. When you elevate the way you think, you elevate everything else, right? When you elevate your thinking, you elevate your life. When you move up in your thinking, you move up in your life. That's why scripture tells us that we need a renewed mind. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind mm. right so if you're listening to this if you want to be a movement the greatest movement that will take place is the movement that first takes place not at the lunch table not at not on cbs or abc or cnn but the greatest movement that will take place is the movement that takes place within you mm. and that movement that takes place within you is the movement that takes place within your mind because from your mind comes your actions. From your actions come your habits. From your habits, that becomes your character. Your character is who you are. Wow. So move out, move up. Now what happens is when you move up, okay, now start, things start to happen, right? But now you don't just stop right there. You have to keep moving. So you have to move forward, mm. right? You have to kind of get into the next thing. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you move forward is there's going to come a time when it's not going to work out. You're going to have to go back to the drawing boards. Sure. Right? And that's when you have to move on. I'll give you an example from my life. I've spoken all across the country. I've been in multiple, I've been in stages where I would walk up. Before I walk up, I'd get a standing ovation. I'd be like, I ain't even do nothing yet, <laughs> right? And that was one season in my life, right? I had to move forward. But most importantly, I had to move on. So a lot of people, when they get a, a, a success or they reach something, they try to hold on to it. Sure. But if you're trying to hold on to your history, you will never move into your destiny. Mm. So for you to date destiny... You have to break up with history. So you have to move on. And let me tell you what happens when you move on. You have to start all over again. You have to move out, move up, move forward, move on. Move out, move up, move forward, move on. Move out, move up, move forward, move on. And that's the cycle. It's continual. Of life. Yeah. It's mm. the cycle of life. So 
that's my message as it relates to movement, movements. That's the difference that I've been making. Um, that's what I've tried to do in every single season of my life. Move out, move up, move forward, move on. And then when I work with organizations like TLT or the thing that I recently just started for uh, churches and pastors, right, that already scaled to about 1,000, right? Right. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like that scaled to over 1,000 people using it. No marketing, no ad spend, no, no prior email list. So when I talk about this movement stuff, when you, like, it works. So now the question is, what is a movement? I believe a movement is not an organization. It's an organism. It's something that's living. It's something that's breathing. It's something that's moving, right? So if, you, so if you're listening today, a movement is not something you start. That's the mistake that I made. I thought I started a movement, but I had to come to the realization that I was the movement, Mm. So no matter what season of life I was in, I was making a difference with what I had. That's what a movement is, is you make a difference with what you have, right? You learn to confront conflict because we all have one. You learn to cultivate connections for people. So maybe that's, hey, you're lonely. Do you need somebody to sit with? And then maybe it's you cultivate connections with people. What happens when you do that, then a, a community begins to form. And then after that community is formed, then you have to commu continue to communicate that story. Now, that same framework of confronting conflict, cultivating connections, creating a community, communi communicating that story, that works for Jesus, that works for the civil rights movement, that works for business. Jesus confronted conflict, uh, con confronted sin. Sin. Right? Uh he confronted sin. He, when he was here, he was cultivating connections for people and cultivating connections with people. In fact, the We Dine Together idea, one of the main things that inspired it was the Last Supper. Mm. Whole another conversation. Um, and then what happens is a community was formed. And till that day, we communicate that story. Civil rights movement, I'll give you one more. Rosa Parks decided that she's not getting up, Right. So she's sitting there. She's being pressured to get up, get up, move. But when she took a seat, she took a stand. Mm. She says, I'm not getting up. So, okay, she confronted a conflict. They threw her in jail, whatever. Now she went and cultivated a connection with who? Martin Luther King. Then they brought other people in. A community was formed. And now to this day, we communicate that story. And that was a civil rights movement. Women suffered, right? So whatever you want to look at, it's the same framework that works for everything, right? So if you want to step into the movement that you are already, that you are already, just focus on moving out, moving up, moving forward, moving on. And then I find, okay, what conflict can I confront? Like, I have some things that I've been through. Who else has been through that? Right. Find them, encourage them, speak to them, connect with them. Connect, connect with them and connect something for them. And then what happens is you guys will create a community because they'll do the same thing. And then you continue to communicate that story and bam, you got a movement on your hand. Yeah, I realized three steps out of those four steps is people. It's a community. It's getting people together. I mean, that's right. what life is all about. I realize more and more in the film industry, it's not your skill. It's not how good you are with the camera. More than it's 
who you know. That's right. And that's for everything in life. I mean, every opportunity that I've ever gotten is because of someone I, I know that wants to give me a shot. That's right. And so, man, I think that's so awesome. Now, now, what is TLT? Let's let's put TLT into this framework. So, the problem that we're trying to find a solution for mm-hmm. is everybody has leadership qualities, or can be a leader, or is a leader. Mm-hmm. And we just need to give them the proper tools to maximize that. That's right. And so, what even is leadership? Like, like, what does that even mean? Like, being a CEO. I would simply define leadership as influence. That That's really all leadership is. Leadership is influence. So the question is, am I a leader? Yes, because you have an influence on other people. Even if you don't realize that you have an influence mm. on other people. But sometimes people are scared, right, or they're not courageous enough to walk in that which they already are. So I think the message of TLT is, Telling them that you are not tomorrow. You are today. You are not the next. Like you're right now, right? You're not just serving and doing things for a brighter tomorrow, but you're leading for a better today, Mm. right? So the message of TLT calls young people to action. It calls them from a place of being stagnant and into a place of movement. And when they move, they will see a movement take place in their life. That's what it is, right? So it's understanding, yes, you do have influence. Yes, you can make a difference. But the question is not can you, it's will you. Mm, That's so good. So good. And I think uh, the word influence has been a little misconstrued amongst Gen Z and, and our generation. We think that influence is being an influencer, maybe having a bunch of followers on Instagram and having sponsorships, but it's who you know in your own life. I mean, it's influencing people in your own family, in your own circle, at your school. And like we talked about on a previous episode with Dehaya, the ripple effect Mm. of this is so substantial that you won't even be able to see it. Like that young man that you brought into the club, Mm -hmm. he brought in two more. That's right. Expanding it out. You didn't even foresee that, and yet... Just by bringing one guy in, mm-hmm. three people are now in. And so it's the ripple of effect. I think that's awesome. And so what I've kind of gained from this conversation here is a movement is within all of us. And we just right. have to tap into what we are already innately are and what we're doing and just be bold enough to do it. That's right. And I can close with this final statement that changed my life when I heard it. It's this. You can cut an apple in half, and when you cut an apple in half, there are seeds in that apple. But here's the thing. Although you can count the number of seeds within the apple, you can never count the number of apples in a seed. Mm. So you have to realize that you listening today that you are a seed. You are a movement. And you again, you can, you can count the number of seeds in the apple. If we had a group here, we can count the number of people in the room. But we wouldn't know the number of people 
those people in that room would impact. Mm. So what a movement is, it's making a difference along the journey. And that's something all of us can do. So the question becomes, what are the seeds that you're planting today? And what the other thing is, what you have to realize is when you're a seed and the storms of life come at you, some people think that they're being destroyed. I would say that you're being developed. And the storm that's coming that you thought was supposed to wipe you out, it was just watering you. Wow. Giving, giving you the proper nutrients for you to grow. Pruning you up. Into what you were supposed to become. I love that. Excellent episode. Thank you. Another one. <laughs>